bugs, floods, weeds, and weather. It's all about Midwest farming on News Talk 1190 WoWo, now on 107.5 FM. And if there are any bugs out there, I promise you they are frozen this morning. We have 18 degrees under mo- uh, partly cloudy skies, I should say. Wobo News time right now is 816, and we head right out to the phones, It provided that they're not frozen solid. And our good friend from Allendale, David Coley. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you this morning? Hey, you know, in spite of everything, great. Absolutely great. How about yourself? Oh, I'm fine. Thank you. Hey, I sure enjoyed your comments about the combine fires, and you are exactly right about that. Because I'll tell you, these new modern combines, there's only one thing about them, though. They do tend to catch fire. And I'll tell you, the air bath that you talked about is very, very appropriate for your combine. You know, the investing in a good leaf blower and an air compressor is cheaper by far than replacing that combine. Have you ever seen one of those go up, David? Oh, have I ever. I've seen videos on Twitter. I've just seen so many comments that people had about the combines going on fire. And then, of course, in these dry fields, a lot of times the combine fire will spread into the field they're trying to harvest. Oh, absolutely. It's not, a pre- it's not pretty. Yeah, it can be catastrophic well beyond the combine. So, you know, we just want to keep everybody safe and that sort of thing. And who knew that 30 minutes with a leaf blower going over the combine could greatly reduce that risk? I mean... You know, until these college students actually studied the cause, they actually took some of these combines apart and studied the cause. I mean, that that's that's really good information to have, being that you probably got the thing in the garage anyway. Definitely, yes. <laughs> so how are things looking market-wise? Well, Ketalon Feed Report came out yesterday, and guess what? It's bullish. Now, what's interesting about this is that we're seeing now two months in a row where placements are down, but... We have a record low placement for October. The number of placements were down to 93.9. That was down 6.1%. And it looks like the estimate was only down 3.7%. Total on feed down 2%. Now, the guess there was down 1.7, so it's a little bit more than expected. But marketings look just about dead on what we expected at 100.6, up 6 tenths of a percent. The estimate there was up 8 tenths of a percent. But what I want to comment on is it's very bullish for cattle, and we've seen cash cattle this week going very, very strongly. In the south, it came in at 151. In the north, we were seeing really strong prices there. And it looks like for the short term, the cattle market, I think, is going to be fairly stable. But later on, when these very, very low placements come in next spring, you're going to see the beef market reach new highs again, I feel. Yeah, I mean, it looks like, if I'm understanding the USDA cattle on feed report that I took a look at, uh, placements are at 20-year lows. Yeah, that goes all the way back when they started revising the cattle on feed reports because they weren't really tracking what the farmers were expecting to see in the feedlots. So this goes back to 1996. This is a record low, yes. Yeah, that is definitely not good news, especially, you know, as you're going to be coming into summer barbecue season and things like that next year. We could be looking at yet another hit, if I'm understanding you correctly, during not only just the spring, but right through the summer months of 2023 as well. Yes, you're exactly right. Yes, keep that in mind going through spring and early summer. And that is your barbecue season time, so that's going to affect beef prices dramatically. Yeah, I would say chicken breast is going to start looking a whole lot better to a lot of people. (laughs) And pork, too. Yeah, the other white meat. Wow, yeah. <laughs> that, that goes back a few years, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Oh, quite a few years. I remember when that campaign started. I tell you, they really had the chicken market by the neck, yes. Yes, they did. That was back in my 4-H days that they were doing that. I was, at the, I was a competitor at the Ohio State Fair, and they had those posters all 
over the place with that when they launched that marketing campaign. It was crazy. <laughs> yes, they did. So what else are we taking a look at, David? Well, let's look at the state of flux that we're in right now. Because, you know, I want to talk about this in detail, given that these markets just tend to be, you know, trending lower right now here at the end of harvest. And I'm wondering, grain traders are looking forward to the Thanksgiving season because typically, and for the last 15 years in a row we've done this, we've rallied after Thanksgiving. Now, the reason for that is very simple. Harvest is over. They're starting to see, you know, the grain moving into the bins, but not the elevator or the merchandiser bins. It's moving into the farm bins. And in many cases, they have to push the basis. Now, in some areas, we've already seen the basis increases coming in in the West and in the central part of the Midwest. So that, I think, is going to be the big thing to look at here is trying to get these markets to come back a bit. I feel that the markets really, really need some upside potential here because we've taken a lot of the grain price out of it. And I think it deserves to see this market coming back for the time being. So really, you know, the markets, I, I think this week just seemed like it was full of a lot of volatility. Yes, it was. And that's why I say it's in a state of flux. But the thing I want to elaborate about here that's really positive for the grains, look at the dollar index. Because remember, a couple of weeks ago, the grain markets were just full of comments about the dollar index, hurting export sales. And look how much that's changed. It's come all the way down from almost 115 all the way down to around 110, 106, 110, maybe even lower yet. So that is a big, big plus for export sales because they've dropped actually over 7 percent. And that, I think, really makes our exports much, much more popular and could see some very, very good things there happening. Also, the interest rates have declined. If you've been watching, I've been watching the five-year T-note, it's come down from a little over 4.4 percent return. Now it's down to 4 percent return. So we've seen some really good news for the economy. First of all, we had the consumer price index inflation rate dropping more than expected, and the producer price index dropping more than expected. This would bode well for the Fed increasing interest rates at a much smaller rate. In fact, they've already put the December number down from 0.75 to 0.50, so uh, increase. So I think that's good news here for everybody, too, especially in the grain industry. Now, David, uh, you know, there's some word about a U.N. grain deal. Is that um, is that impacting this any at all? Yeah, very, very much so, because it was supposed to be ending on today, and it looks like it's going to be rolled over. I didn't realize this before. It's got an automatic rollover on that, and that means that if no one contends it, they're going to roll it over. It looks like it will. Russia earlier had talked about not wanting to do that, and boy, the grain markets went berserk on that day, although sure. they fell back off after the Russians agreed to it. But the point here I want to stress is the Russians want a piece of the pie, too. They're not getting the allowance to deliver their grain from their ports on the Black Sea, and also a lot of their fertilizer and that types of stuff. And there's talk out that Russia will be allowed, and this really struck me, to uh, use a pipeline to deliver ammonia. It's the 13.1% of all of the world's ammonia delivery come from Russia. That would be a big plus for the Russians. And so they're banking on that. That's why they're letting the Russian grain deal and the corridor and the Black Sea continue. So if I'm hearing you properly, this this is kind of how, you know, because obviously, you know, this war, it's kind of hard to believe that the war between Russia and Ukraine is knocking on the door of having gone on for almost a year now. And, yeah, you know, bad. the sanctions on oil. So yes. this is a revenue stream badly needed for the Russians, if I'm hearing you properly. 
Yes, it is very, very badly needed for them. You know, if you look at their economy, and it's hard to do that right now because they've closed their doors, but if you look at the potential up from their economy, it's really, really weak. So many people are leaving Russia in droves. It's not just Ukrainians leaving Ukraine. The Russians are leaving, too. So I tell you, the last one there in Russia, turn out the light. Yeah, nobody wants to hang around with Vladimir Putin. No, that's for sure. Nobody's inviting him to a birthday party. That's for Or sure. Thanksgiving, for that matter. Yes, definitely. He is the turkey. He's not having it. <laughs> True. So, I mean, you know, that, that's just, sorry, Vlad. Um, anyway, uh, how uh, David did, you know, we had earlier on in the week the news that uh, a couple of missiles had slammed into Poland, and we find out later that Russia was not, in fact, invading Poland. Um, but yeah, did that true. impact the markets at all? Yeah, that did initially, because if they were Russian rockets, things could turn very, very negative in a hurry. Now, they turned out to be anti-missile rockets that uh, were launched from Ukraine, trying to stop the uh, Russian missiles coming in. And apparently two of them went errant and did end up in Poland. So that is a sad state, although some are saying they don't know who sent those rockets up. Was it Russia in Ukraine that did it to make it look like the Ukrainians did it? A lot of questions being asked about that, but sorry to say two lives have been lost because of it in Poland. Well, you know, historically speaking, that wouldn't be the first time that play was done. If you remember back to World War II history, the Nazis actually dressed people up as Polish soldiers. They were they were German people and German soldiers, and they started a fight in the fr- front yard of a radio station in Germany and used that as an excuse to invade Poland. So it's kind of a similar play that would have actually that actually triggered World War II in Europe. So, you know, the, the, the fears there, I think, were not completely unfounded, at least historically speaking. Yeah. And uh, there's also allegations that uh, after they invaded Poland, I saw a YouTube video this week that said the German soldiers dressed up as Polish soldiers. They did. Pretended, yes. And it's, just, it's amazing uh, to see all these things, these things you do in warfare. Well, I tell you, <laughs> that, that's what happens in warfare and love. Everything can go wrong in a hurry. And now that they've got eBay, imagine what they could do. Oh, yes. Now, taking a look at the week ahead a little bit, David, you know, Thanksgiving week, obviously, coming up this week. What are you seeing possibly, what are the markets going to look like this week, you know, in, in, your, in your feeling? Well, I'm disappointed with this week. We didn't come back very much on Friday. I look for a softer market to start the week. It'll probably be a very, very quiet week, too, because the markets will have a short trading session on Friday for Black Friday. So it's going to have to wait, I feel, to really see the influence of the seasonal rally around Thanksgiving time. Probably Wednesday we should be starting to turn up. And then the week after Thanksgiving, too, we should see the grain prices coming back just a bit, I hope. Okay, and you know, do do we see uh, you know what what are you seeing on the more distant horizon as far as as our crop prices and things like that go? I mean, I know you know going into next year, we know that beef is going to be more expensive, probably substantially. And uh, what are we looking at in terms of say you know the impact that it's going to have at the dinner table, say with wheat on on bread and that sort of thing. Yeah, I would like to talk about that at length, but uh, I just have a you know, little bit of time here. But what sure. I want to say is the markets right now are fairly weak, and I think we're trading at a new high level, and I think that makes the markets more volatile because as prices move up, volatility increases. So we're, we're subject to these big, big moves that really you know scare people either bad or good. But I think the markets right now are at these levels. I think they're the new normal, so to speak, at these price levels. I suspect 
any change in the markets is going to have a really big, big response, either down or up. But eventually, I'm still watching the South American weather patterns with La Nina continuing and found they extended it now through uh, the January, February time frame, and they're increasing the probability of that happening. That's going to almost guarantee that Argentina continues to be a desert, and it's going to cause more problems, I feel, in Brazilian areas, too, where they're trying to be planting and trying to get that crop harvested then sometime next spring. That will be the bright spot, I feel, in the grain markets at that point. Also, I want to see demand returning with the dollar having sold, sold off, as I mentioned you know, just a little bit ago. I think it's a good sign here. And, you know, Brian, one thing uh, I'm really, really excited about is that Farm Bureau has supported us, John and I, and Rob, with our program here. I really want to thank the Farm Bureau for what they're doing. That's a big, big plus for me. And, John, and I appreciate so much they're doing because they do so much for you, and they're doing it for us. You know, I've been a member of Farm Bureau for more than 20 years. I actually started that when I worked at Nationwide. And uh, i got to tell you that Farm Bureau is just a fantastic organization. We, indeed, are thankful for them. And, David, we're thankful for you. Thank you for the time this morning. Really appreciate your insights, as always. And we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. You're welcome. Podcasts by Federated Media.